Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. On today's episode, I'm talking to Renee Fick, and we are talking about how you can take advantage of the cycles um, in terms of, you know, men and women, because we do have different types of cycles. Obviously, the women more like a monthly cycle. And for men, it's more like a 24 cycle, although we may also have that cycle. But we as men don't have that monthly cycle in the same way. But it's a really interesting conversation. Um, and, um, you know, you can benefit a lot from just making sure that you're working with it instead of against it. So make sure you listen to the entire episode because there's a lot of greatness in this episode. All right, let's enjoy the episode. Okay, so one quick note before we get into today's episode. Now, we all know creating content takes time, but it will be more effective if you already have mapped out your entire launch so that you know exactly what needs to be done, by when, and by who. Now, if you want to have a stress-free launch, all you have to do is sign up for my free Map Out Your Launch mini course so that you'll have a solid launch plan for your next launch. Now, you'll find the link in the show notes, or you can go to www.kenwescar.com forward slash launch plan. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Wesker and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker. And today I have Renee Flick, Fick with me. I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot to ask you how you pronounce your name because it's always so it. hard. You actually said it right. Like the, I mean, the, you had the L the first time, but then yeah. when you said it the second time and you said Fick, like you actually had it. Most people don't pronounce that right. So <laughs> you did well, good. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you're here with us and um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, cycles and how we can use the cycles to, you know, work a little bit better, work a little bit smarter and how we can actually mm-hmm. make them, you know, benefit for us. Yeah. And, but also we're going to talk about a little bit of a journey, how you got to where you are today. And um, yeah. So why don't you just quickly give a like really short intro of who you are yeah. and who you help. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. So I am Renee Fick. I am an occupational therapist. I live in San Diego, mom of three, all that. Um, But I also work with women that are high achievers that want to maximize their productivity, maximize their energy and their time so that they can actually surpass their goals and have that balance of mom life and home life and things like that at the same time. So I do that through what we were talking about, like that cyclical living and what that looks like. Um, So yeah, that's a little bit of me in a nutshell. And then we'll dive into some of the other pieces as we go. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously have being a mom and, you know, taking care of everything it's, uh, and, you know, trying to build a business is not always yes. easy. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm not a mom, but I'm a dad Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, having also a nine to five on top of that, you know, I can yeah. see that you only have so much time and, uh, you know, your energy is like really important to make sure that you don't give away your energy to the wrong things. So much so. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think there was this like pivot or this like realization for me a few years ago of I was trying so hard to use like simplified living and decluttering and slowing life down and, and how do I create the space in my life? Mm -hmm. And I realized at one point I was like, gosh, I really like a full life. Like I like having all of the things, but I don't like the chaos of feeling like that juggling all the things. Like I like all the things, like I like doing Mm -hmm. it. I have big goals. I have big dreams. I want to do a lot of different things, but I don't like the chaos feeling. And so when I realized it's kind of like had that realization of like, how can I make it full and do all the things that I want, but let, let go of this chaos and overwhelm and feel really good and intentional and feel like, I know the word balance gets a lot of like people throw it out, like, does it actually exist? Is it real? Like all that type of stuff. But really, Charlie, that was my goal was like, how do I get to a place that doing all of the things that I really want to do feels good instead of feeling overwhelmed and like I'm just struggling 10 feet behind all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, this is the way it is with, you know, running a business too. You know, you need to have that, you know, life work balance because, mm-hmm. well, Nowadays, we work a lot from home and you maybe got mm-hmm. kids at home as well. And how do you like make that work as well? I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. I've I've done a few podcast episodes and sure enough, you know, the kids come knocking. And even though I just yes. told them, don't come knocking. <laughs> and it's like, no, go away. Shoo, shoo. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not easy to try to keep everything, you know. Yeah. Yes. In order to it is it is a very unique like journey that we've been on especially in the last 2 years of that merging right of like mm-hmm. it used to be if you weren't an entrepreneur and you worked a typical 9 to 5 you went to work and there was some element of being able to like turn it off and come home and then be able to be home and maybe have a little bit of it bleed through into your like work or your home life but now it's kind of like that you're you're juggling like kids playing in the other room at the same time as doing a meeting and then you're you're feeling caught between both and like separated. And so it's really definitely highlighted a whole new unique set of challenges this last year. <laughs> yeah. And, and is an, a, uh, like a entrepreneur that's working from home and juggling a nine to five. Like I know both of you and I are in that same boat. Um, it adds in that other element of like, how do we turn off this like CEO brain, the nine to five brain, the parent brain, like how do we separate out so that it doesn't just bleed all together and make us feel like we can't juggle all of them at the same time. Mm -hmm. And how have you managed to kind of separate those and keep that balance? Yeah. Well, I'll admit it's, it's always a a work in progress, right? Like there is (laughs) no perfect answer to this. Um, and I think that that's kind of the beauty of it too, is that we're always this like work in progress, but for me really tapping into this, the cycles and looking at cyclical living has been a really powerful way that I have been able to transform my time and my energy. So focusing in on specific things at certain times, I think there's this misconception that time is just the same all the time. And it's the same hamster wheel every single day. You know, as a parent, you sit there and you're like, people always say like, they grow up so fast, they grow up so fast. And then you realize like, oh gosh, they did grow up fast. Like where did the time go? (laughs) And I think that a lot of that comes from this element of just seeing time is the same and the day is the same thing over and over and over again with some variation. But really what I have found is like tapping into these cycles unleashes a whole new element of like being fully present in the moment and being intentional with your time, being intentional with your days. And so it's allowed for me to almost, I don't want to say compartmentalize, but kind of like it 
it put this intention in each season. And as a woman, I use like my menstrual cycle as a way to really even go deeper into the month so that I know there's a specific time of my month or a specific time of my year that has my, my energy is aligned with getting a certain task done, right? So mm. There's four different phases, four different seasons in the year. We have the spring, summer, winter, fall. Each one of them, I'm sure you probably like noticed, like each one of them has its own sort of like energy with it. People always talk about like spring cleaning and like cleaning out their closets and they want to get fresh and clean things out. And summer is this time for, you know, relaxing and having fun and barbecues and all the things. And then fall comes and everybody's like nuzzling in and they're getting tasks done inside their house. And then winter, nobody wants to do anything. Anything. They just want to sit around and veg, right? <laughs> and so sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's natural. We have these cycles. And so when you become aware of them and you see them within your month and you apply them to your business, you apply them to your life, it really helps you get in alignment with where your body's naturally at, where the, the world cycles and the your seasons are naturally Sorry. at. And it maximizes your productivity. It maximizes your creativity. It maximizes all of those things so that you're getting more done in less time and feeling more in alignment, right? Like, I don't know about you, but there's been so many times I sit down to write or to create a landing page or something and it feels like it's so forced, right? You're mm -hmm. like, I just can't come up with what the words I want to say. You're trying and trying and trying, and you're like, I've got this time block, right? Because everybody says time blocking is a great time management strategy. So it's like, I've got this time block, but when it's incongruent with where your body's naturally at, you sit down there and it, it's like the words don't come. It takes you quite like the technology crashes. Like you have all <laughs> these external things that make it so that it takes so much longer. And you get frustrated, and then that's when that hustle and grind feeling sorts of comes in. So really tapping into where is, am I at in the season? Where am I at? Where's my body at? Where am I naturally at? And working in alignment with that increases that level of productivity and helps you feel like you're getting stuff done so that you can turn it off, right? Like you're like, I got all of this done in these few short hours, so now I can turn it off and just totally be with my family go have fun, you know, have this recharge and recharge is actually a big part of that. In the cycle, we have that recharge phase because we need that in order to accelerate. Um, so I've used the Tesla example so many times because people, it's like one of the big things right now, right? Like the Tesla mm -hmm. and it's one of the fastest cars out there and goes zero to 60 in like two seconds or whatever it is. But if a Tesla is not charged, it's not going anywhere. So it's True. kind of that same idea of us of like, if we really want to be operating at our peak, if we really want to be maximizing our time, being able to turn off and be able to be fully present with our family or be fully present at work, we have to make sure that that recharge phase is there. And so seeing that recharge phase as an actually very productive part of our cycle is huge. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of two questions. Uh, yes. How do we even, you know, get started of figuring out what is our cycle? And the second question goes to, you know, women and men obviously operate on different types of cycles. Yeah. Um, I think I've remembered something about men having like a 24-hour cycle and women yes. is like the monthly cycle. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So for women particularly, it operates very closely to, to different hormones, right? So mm -hmm. estrogen is the predominant hormone that is at the beginning half of the month. Um, 
And so that hormone is responsible for a lot of energy. It's very boosting. So there's a lot of energy at the beginning of the month, and then the progesterone kind of takes over at the last part of the month. And progesterone is a little bit more about shutting down and turning inward and calming and relaxing. And so for women, we very much have a hormonal piece at play. And um, as men, there is the, what you said, like that more 24-hour cycle. But we all have a 24-hour cycle too, right? Like in right. the morning, that we have these, these um, circadian and ultradian rhythms, right, that are running throughout the day that, that we have these bursts of energy, usually about every 90 minutes, that your energy level is going to be high and then it's going to drop off a little bit and you're going to need something to recharge and take that little bit of a break and get back into your next task. Everybody's going to be slightly different, but tends to be that most of the time that morning time is your most productive, the most creative, the most ability to focus. And as the day goes on, those, those mellow out a little bit. That's why we hit that three o'clock lull in the afternoon and everybody's reaching for sugar and coffee and, or whatever to kind of like ramp themselves back up. Or how men, I've heard so many women talk about like their their husbands will come home and like park in the driveway and sit in the driveway for 30 minutes before they come into the house. And they were oftentimes it's really frustrating for women to have that. They're mm-hmm. like, gosh, I've been here all day long taking care of the kids and he just sits <laughs> out in the car for an extra 30 minutes. But that extra sit in the car for 30 minutes is his recharge phase and he needs that in order to then be able to come in and be home and be present and be able to be a functioning human being inside the house, right? So Mm -hmm. when we start to look at like those moments, even throughout the day, that you may have actually even adapted some of them without intentionally even knowing them. And so when you start to kind of pay attention and start to be aware of like, where do I feel really high? Where do I feel really low? Where do I feel my most productive? Where do I feel my most creative? And that's one of the first things I have my clients do is start tracking it. Start just paying attention, have maybe different times of the day where you have a little alarm or a reminder where you check in with yourself. Like, am I feeling really productive, high energy, or am I tapped out right now? And just watching and kind of finding what are those patterns for you. And then using some of those like other known patterns to kind of guide that and say like, am I feeling really high right now? And most like that's kind of what the rhythm should normally be, or am I feeling something different? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because... There's obviously something like in the morning, like you said, you most productive. So that's when you should be handling those, you know, dreadful tasks that you really don't want to yeah. jump on. And then you don't deal with the easier task later in the day. But like you also mentioned, there's um, like a part of uh, the day where you probably are more creative than mm-hmm. just being focused on being productive. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things to probably think about when it comes to how you kind of yeah, create your day or schedule your day. Yes. Yeah. For like, for instance, I used to do most of my work on my business after the kids went to bed. So mm-hmm. I'd pull out my laptop and I'd start working and it felt like, right. I would try to write like a social media post or a blog post or whatever. And it felt like it was taking hours for me to put together the content. And when I realized that it was partly because I was just so drained after a whole day of work and the kids and and whatever, I'd sit down to write and there was like that creative juice was gone. So Mm. I started getting up 30 minutes earlier in the morning and found that I was getting as much done in that 30 minutes as I was in like two hours at the end of the day. And so now the morning time is when I do all those creative tasks. And when I do my writing, it's like the first thing I try to get done. And then I save that time in the evening for more of those, like those 
mechanical tasks, the tasks that don't require a lot of my energy. They don't require a lot of my real focus. I can maybe do them while I'm watching TV, you know, like the organizational maybe pieces. So I use, I still utilize that time. I'm just strategic about what tasks I'm doing in those different times to really capitalize on that. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that being a challenge in terms of, you know, if you have a nine to five, you spending all of that, let's say important energy during like an eight hour day. And when you Mm -hmm. get home, it's kids, family, dinner, and then boom, eight o'clock kids are bed. You know, that's when you finally have time to do. And obviously you're not at your best, like you said. Mm -hmm. So it's the only option to get up early, like get up at 4am to handle (laughs) those difficult tasks, or is there something else that you can do? I would say even kind of watching, like in, I, I, getting up early might work for you. Like that might be the the strategy. Oh, not for me. (laughs) I'm just saying, like in general. But I'm saying like being really intentional and mindful of like, even if, if you know, like, Hey, I, I go, I work nine to five, I come home, I do my family time stuff. And then the kids go to bed. This is my only time to get done stuff. I would look at that container of time in that same sort of rhythm. So looking at like, is from eight to 10 or eight to 11 when I'm doing my work, am I actually really productive with all of that time? Or is there parts of the time when I'm more creative or am I pushing myself? Like, right. Sometimes I think we think like, I only have this amount of time. I have to make it useful, but we're maybe overtired and actually need to go to bed instead of actually getting stuff done. Like that element of, of, we still, we keep working. We keep working because mm-hmm. we're supposed to be working. We've got stuff to get done when really maybe what you need is actually go to bed so that the next night you have more focus and more clarity and more productivity. So it's kind of looking at that time, that chunk of like, is this time being used as wisely as possible in line with where I'm at, right? So we have these 90 minute cycles. So if you're working from eight to 11, the kids go to bed at eight, but at eight, maybe that is a high point for you. So knowing that that eight o'clock is a high productivity point for you, you get through all of those high productivity tasks right off the bat and then go into some of those other strategies or like more mundane tasks and like shuffling until you hit that next 90 minute cycle. Or maybe you are at a low point when you put the kids to bed and you start working. And so knowing that you can structure those tasks that you're doing at the beginning of your work time in that way. So kind of looking at like that 90 minute, you would just take that 90 minute cycle and look at that and like that small container of time and try to align those tasks in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also maybe one of the problems is that we, if we don't get anything done, we'd start beating ourselves up because we were supposed mm-hmm. to, you know, we set this time yes. off to do something and we don't manage to do it. And the problem is that we start beating ourselves up about it. Yep. How do you, how, how would you deal with that? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously giving yourself some grace, obviously is one of the things that would come natural, but I don't know if you have anything else. Yeah. Well, so for women in particular, <clears throat> when we look at the different phases throughout the month, there is one week of the month when you feel like you're going to burn your business down and you hate everything (laughs) and you suck. And why are you doing this? It'd be so much easier to just work your nine to five and come home and not think about it. Like, and so in that phase, you know that, and you're not like not productive, not focused, whatever. Then you enter into that recharge phase and it's like, no ounce of energy can really make it productive. And so I have found that knowing and acknowledging those four different cycles throughout the month, when you hit that point, when you feel like I just can't work right now, 
I, I nothing like I can't get anything done right now. Instead of forcing yourself to do that, know that that's your body telling you you need to take a break. That is your recharge phase, and that actually will make you more productive and help you accelerate faster and bigger and have bigger results when you hit that accelerate phase when you actually take that break like you want. And so Mm. I have found that that for me and a lot of the clients I've worked with, it's eliminated a lot of that guilt that you're talking about. Because we have in society, most of us have this mentality that we have to just go, 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 go and do, 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 do and all the time. And that recharge is seen as an extra. It's seen as unproductive or whatever. When in reality, that recharge is going to be the very thing that's going to make you reach your peak levels. So Mm -hmm. it eliminates that guilt. If you feel like, gosh, I'm just not focused. I can't get anything done right now. You've tried some strategies to get back into the zone and it's just working and not working. Then you walk away and you say, this is my recharge phase. And then use that recharge phase as really strategically a way to really make sure that you're recharging. So it's not just turn it off and ignore business stuff and now we're just going to watch TV and totally check out. It's how do I fill my cup right now and replenish my energy, replenish my fuel so that I do have what I need when I go back to work the next time. Um, Mm -hmm. And that can help eliminate that guilt because then it's no longer I'm turning off and not doing my business stuff. It's I'm doing this task and this task means I'm fueling right now. Yeah, I remember seeing somebody did a test where they basically said that instead of working, I think it was six days a week or five days a week, um, you get to work four days a week. So they basically (laughs) choose what they they would take off or Mm -hmm. if they wanted shorter days or whatever. And yes, they worked less hours, but in return, they were super efficient. So much more productive. Yes. We waste, we waste as like, especially nine to fivers, waste so much time switching between tasks, not using, like forcing ourselves to sit there and try to get something done. And we're like distracted and we don't want to be doing it. So we're, we've got a million different tabs open and we're jumping from one thing to the next and not focus like really, truly reduces our productivity in a lot of different ways. And you're right. There's been a lot of research, particularly too, there's a lot more research coming out about having more movement breaks and people that are working Mm -hmm. from home are actually way more productive, even though they probably have a lot more distractions from kids and life and they're in their kitchen, hanging out with their coffee. But it's about the fact that when they are in those peak place, those peak zones of being able to work, they're much more efficient. They're getting much more done because Mm -hmm. they have those other elements of like allowing themselves that time to take a break. They get up and they go for a walk. They do all those things. And then when they come back, they're much more efficient because they weren't just sitting there trying to hustle and grind it the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any difference of, uh, you know, people being introverted and extroverted because they are different in terms of, you know, introverts need to recharge <laughs> when they've been interacting with a lot of people maybe or being in social events. Um, does yeah. this apply to this as well? Uh, yes. So I've never had anybody ask me that question, but Ooh. so we do have, <laughs> yeah, we do have different energies, right? So we have, as women, we have that, that the estrogen dominant sort of phase of our month is a little bit more of an outward 
So even for an introvert, that's going to be the time of the month when she feels more inclined to be more extroverted, um, wanting to be with other people. And then that second half of the month is a little bit more inward. And so the introvert is for sure going to turn all the way inward and any bit of extroverted sort of activities are going to feel like they're draining her to the, to, to the top. So mm-hmm. like I had a family in town and it was in that phase and it's like, you're not going to align everything in your life perfectly to your phases, but the most that you can. But we had family in town and they wanted to go visit. They wanted to sightsee. They wanted to go out to eat. They wanted to do all of these things. And at the end of the day, I was like monster mom. I was yelling at the kids. I was angry. I was irritable. I was like triggered as easily as possible. And I was like, oh, that's because I'm in this phase when I should be inward, but I'm doing all these extroverted things right now. And so <clears throat> I think that there is an element of like, all of us are going to need a little bit more, you know, like the the extroverted person is going to probably get a lot of her charge or man even too. Like you're going to get a lot of your charge in that extroverted phase. And you're probably going to have that fa- that cycle of like turning a little bit m- more inward, but that might not be where you're getting your charge. Whereas the opposite, somebody that's a little bit more inter- introverted is going to use that inner phase as their a lo- big part of their recharge too. So I think I've never never really dove into that a little bit, but I know for sure if I don't really honor my inner phase and that inner turn, I, I have nothing out of, I am like an intro as an introvert, I'm like tapped out for the whole next, next month. But if I honor that and really hone in on it, it really gives me the juice I need to go for the next month. Mm -hmm. What I, what I love about this is that it's pretty much all about energy and how you really spend it and absorb it pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it, you know, the way I've seen it is that it has a lot to do with also being in alignment with whatever it is yeah. that you're doing. Yeah. Do you feel like that's true? A hundred percent. Yep. And I think for me, what I love about it, particularly in the work I do with women is that it's so much focused on your body and focus on what feels good and right for you and working in alignment with that rather than just trying to do everything else everybody else is telling you to do because mm-hmm. we all have different zones of genius. We all have different things that feel like they motivate us. We all have these different things. So it really is about turning inward and finding what is that that just right spot for me and working in alignment with that. And that is what's going to accelerate and make you operate at your peak and your highest level versus like I'm working with a coach right now. And she was talking about, you know, this idea of, you know, go for no and hustle and push past the resistance and all these things. And I'm like, that sends up so much red flags for me because it's out of alignment for me. And so when you know that, <clears throat> and trust that in yourself. That is what will make you rise to the top, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking that this does sound a little like human design. I don't know if you are familiar with that. I've heard of it and I've dove in a little bit, but I don't understand a lot of it. I'll admit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it sounds like it's some of the same things because it is about, you know, just listening to. Well, in this case, it's more like listening to your body, obviously, but it's about listening to yourself and listening to that gut feeling, the intuition. You know mm-hmm. what's right deep down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think <clears throat> I don't, I think that there's been 
maybe it's just the circles I'm in, but there's this like movement of like tapping back into that, tapping back into trusting yourself, trusting that inner guide, Mm -hmm. trusting God, trusting the universe, like whatever it is, like this, this turn towards like letting go of all the noise, letting go of all of the hustle, letting go of the chaos. And I think that that's the part that really has brought me back to this place of feeling like I can be full. I can have my calendar packed to the brim and going and going and going, but I feel calm and collected because I know I'm operating in alignment with what matters to me and those core values that are important to me. And there's going to be days when things are not according to my cycle. There's going to be days that I'm not operating fully, but I know what to do to get back into that place of feeling calm and focused and intentional. And so I think that there's a huge shift in that area. And like I said, maybe it's just the circles I run in, but I see it a lot more. And (laughs) it's really powerful when we start to tap into that. Like what is good for me may not be good for you. And Mm. so how do I get to know myself so that I can know what that is? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I've definitely seen that myself. Uh, Maybe it has something to do with the fact that what we're dealing for, you know, the year and a half that's been, I don't know, but uh, I definitely feel like it's been people are looking more inwards mm-hmm. uh, in the past year or so. And yeah. um, I, th- I think that's a great thing, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, oh, I had one question, but I kind of lost it. But it's yeah, okay. we'll, we'll get back to it if I remember it. But <laughs> how has your journey been from – because when we – before we got on, we, you talked about you made a pivot mm-hmm. recently to – get to this point. So how has your journey looked from where you kind of started to where you're at right now? Yeah. Uh, up and down and all over the place. Like, they <laughs> like say, any, any entrepreneur, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they say that entrepreneurs have like, we have this vision that it's the straight trajectory. Mm, but that would be beautiful. In reality, it's like <laughs> a knotted up yarn ball all over the place. Um, yeah. But yeah, I started five or six years ago. I started out in an MLM promoting like health and fitness and whatnot and was very excited about it and got going. And then as time went on, I got, I think it was out of alignment, honestly, Mm -hmm. like thinking back, I love the health and fitness, but like I even said that go for no and hustle and like push and shove just wasn't working for me. And so I pivoted into finding, I found these people on the line that were talking about how you can, you know, attract people to you rather than push yourself on people. And I was like, as an introvert, I'm like, that's what I want. I want that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I want to attract people, not push myself out there. And so I kind of pivoted into that. And that was kind of, I think the biggest pivot for me in a huge way and launched me into this idea of there's so much potential and possibility out there to create something. So in the beginning, I was really focused in on working with moms who were overwhelmed and just exhausted every single day and helping them find a little bit more hope in the day and finding a little bit more sanity. And how do we, you know, accommodate our lives to be able to get back to that center. And in that place was where I I kind of navigated into testing out the waters of what if we slow down? What if we declutter? What if we get rid of the excess? What if we do all these things? And really for a long time, I spent my years really working in that space of helping women declutter their, their time, declutter their calendar, and really eliminate the things that weren't serving them. <clears throat> and then as a part of that, I was using the cyclical living and mm-hmm. over time have just realized how powerful that is and people don't know about it. <clears throat> so I've really kind of pivoted into that space, but I'll tell you that like 
up through that journey, it's been up and down. There's been so many failed, failed launches, right? Like so many launches that didn't give me the results that I was looking for. And there was a lot of times, like I even go in that cycle where I'd be like, is this going to work for me? Is this really what I, I, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I, do I really want to keep going with this? And all of those doubts and things come in, but you know, it's like that putting one foot in front of the other, knowing that that vision and that dream and that goal that I have is more powerful than any of the struggles along the path. So I would say over the last five years, I've had more failures than successes, but I don't look at them as necessarily just failures in and of themselves. They're, they're parts of the story that have got me to the place that I am right now. And they're, Mm -hmm. they're the, they're like on the external, so many other people probably don't see what I've done as failure. They see it as this massive success. So why as entrepreneurs, do we always see those as failures, you know? So it's kind of looking at that too. Like they are, those failures are stepping stones that have kind of brought me along this path of where I'm at today. Yeah, it would be a pretty boring story if it was like, yeah, I launched and you know, I made a hundred thousand right off the bat, and that's it. Uh, although we really like that if that happened, <laughs> obviously, but it's a really boring story that we really don't want to tell. Yeah, it's much more interesting yeah. to hear, you know, how you came through it all and just finally reached not that success. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, this isn't something we didn't talk about, but like the launch of my business way back when was my husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And so he had a brain tumor and I got pregnant and I started a new nine to five job all in the same oh, like wow. five or six months. And so it was that year <clears throat> that I started, I was like, gosh, our health really makes a difference. Our health matters. Like we, we've got to take care of our bodies first because if something happens to my husband and I'm on my own, like, like, or what is, is there something we did that caused this brain tumor? Like, is there somewhere we could eat healthier? Like, so that was kind of the catalyst, but I remember very vividly sitting in the the waiting room at the hospital when he was having his brain surgery. I remember sitting there thinking like, this is a part of our story. Like a lot of people would look at a moment like that and full of fear and full of worry. And like, yes, there was those thoughts that came up in those moments, but I kept holding on to that idea of like this struggle, this, this part of our story is just part of the story. And I think as entrepreneurs, when we can hold that as when we're hitting those failures and we're hitting those low points and we're hitting those, we didn't hit the goal that we had set. If we continue to hold on to that as like, this is part of the story. Like you talked about, like, this is part of the story that I'm t- going to tell down the road. It shapes and reframes those really drastically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because if we just continue to move forward, you know, eventually you will get to that point that you have that success, but mm-hmm. you need to just, you can't give up, basically. Yeah. You just have to keep on moving. And, you know, I've I've been through the same as you, you know, uh, at first I didn't even think about energy in a launch. Mm-hmm. I, that wasn't even on my yeah, thoughts at all. And now it's the only thing I love to talk about because it turns out it's really important, you know, but yes. it, I wouldn't have reached to that point if I didn't go through all of the struggles and hurdles and failures and whatnot to, you know, that yeah. that's kind of part of the journey. So you need to go yeah. through that. A hundred percent. There's so much. And it's like, 
I, I see in the space of online marketing and online businesses, like some people touting this energy only and, or then on the opposite end of the spectrum is like strategy only. And I really do think that it's like this marriage yeah. of both of those, right? Like Absolutely. you have to have the, 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 the strategy and the tools and, and how do you hook up your email and how do you do all of these? And then, but you have to be mindful of the energy Mm-hmm. that you're bringing into it. If you're like stressed as a wazoo and you're trying to desperate to get clients in there, like people feel that they feel those, those feelings. And I agree being very mindful of that going into a launch changes hugely. Mm-hmm. Have you done any launches that you feel like you, well, you went in with the wrong energy maybe, or, and what, and what did you maybe learn from that? Yeah. Uh, I will say, so last year was my year. I was like, I'm going to launch over and over and over and over again. And I remember at the beginning of the year, it was like, I have to get everything perfect. I have to, I can't say anything wrong. Like I have to have all the words perfect. I have to, you know, like you have this high stress sort of anxiety and you're putting all the pieces together. So it feels like you're doing a ton. And so I felt like going into the launch, it was this like huge deal. And I felt anxious, almost anxious. And I'm not an anxious mm-hmm. person, but you get this like anxiousness feeling of like everything is riding on this one launch. Like everything is riding on this one launch. And so as the year went on, the more times you do it over and over and over again, it was like, oh, are we launching this week? Like, and I noticed like how that made such a huge difference, right? Like to get to this place of almost like I could see, I remember talking to a friend of mine. I was like, it is amazing where I can see how launching becomes like this no brainer, easy thing to do. You just do it when whatever, like it's like not flippant, but like the anxiousness is gone because you trust and you know, like whatever happens is going to happen and it's meant to serve you in some way. And it just, it was this evolve evolution is the word mm-hmm. evolution of going from high anxiety. Everything has to post, everything has to be perfect. Everything's got to be tit tit for tat. And it's, everything's riding on this one thing versus getting to the end of the year and being like, Oh, you know what? If it doesn't, if it doesn't achieve the goals that I want, like it's not the end of the day. Like I, and, and even then just because the launch didn't finish out with the goals I wanted doesn't mean that I can't still hit those goals in some way. And I think the coach you and I've worked with, he's very good about that. Like showing you like the end of a launch does not mean that you can't keep hitting those goals, like, and how on the back mm-hmm. end you can still bring in more revenue or you can still hit get more clients and all of those types of things. So that has really shifted and changed for me that even if the doors close and my launch is over and I didn't hit my goal, doesn't mean it's the end of the game. Like I can come up with something new. I can bring in another strategy and that I always have the flexibility to pivot and move and change to really keep going. And it's not like an end of the day sort of thing. And that has shifted hugely. Mm, yeah. It sounds like a lot of great lessons that you learn from that. And I would say, you know, launching is a lot about just testing things out mm-hmm. because you're not going to nail it right off the bat. You have to test if it's the right audience, if it's the right thing for you to do, you know, is test, test, test all the time. And then you will find some answers or, yeah, you will find some answers, whether the ones you're looking for or the ones you didn't want. But yeah. Yeah, it is. It's so much testing. And at one point, like recently, I was like, I'm so sick of testing. 
Like, I'm tired of testing. <laughs> I just want something to work. But yeah, um, I think that that, but that even that, that's that energy, right? Like you're coming into it with this like desperate energy of like, I'm sick and tired of testing. Like I just want something mm. to fit. I want something to land. But it is, it's like this constant, even with kids, like as a parent, you know, you look at like, they're constantly testing you. They're trying to figure out like what, oh, what's yeah. what's going to work, what's not going to work, what are they going to say yes to, what are they going to say no to. And they're smart and they adapt and they change. And as entrepreneurs, I think it is about getting back to that place of how can we start to think like a kid in how can I be creative and adapt and change and flexible. Like it's amazing to me to watch the creativity that my kids come up with when they're trying mm-hmm. to get something that they want. And I think if we had, we took on some of that thinking like a child, like they let go of a lot of in, like the, the, the rules and the, oh, that's not going to work. Like they let go of all of that. They don't mm-hmm. think about any what's logical, what's possible, what's not. Like their imagination goes to the, to the wazoo when they want something. And so if we started to think more like that, I think we'd see a lot more successes in our businesses too. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the mm-hmm. quote that anything is possible. It's, it, it is really anything is possible. Yep. Yep. Is there anything that you feel like we left out during this conversation? Anything that you want to mention before we wrap this up? I don't think so. I think it was really valuable. I think it's really, we kind of hit a lot about that cycle and like living in this place of like, for me, I think it's letting go of the hustle mentality and that mm-hmm. trading the like productivity is no longer about just like checking off the boxes. Productivity is about what am, am I doing the things right now that are recharge are going to help fuel me t- to do what matters most. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that really is just, it's a new definition, a new way of doing business that I'm really in, like want to help spread the word about. Yeah. Maybe I, w- I would want mention that, you know, if you're doing things that you don't want to do, you can outsource them as well. That's a yes. good thing to just get it off your plate to make sure your energy is preserved. Yes. Yeah. And how, how, yeah. And even like how important it is, like when we're looking at like all the things we're doing, if, if it's draining your energy and taking t- that energy away from you from that's like zapping some of that productivity and zapping some of that creative juice from you for sure. it needs something to, to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. So where could people learn a little bit more about you, find out how to work with you? Yeah. Where can they yeah. find you? Uh, my Instagram is Renee Fick. So I know the spelling's kind of funny. You probably will have the show notes and stuff like that. We'll have and it then, in show notes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's always hard for people to find that way. But, and then my website, you can find us at therisingmoms.com. It's probably the easiest way that lands you right in there with our podcast and all the podcast episodes that we've had. So you can go over there and check that out. But those are probably the two best ways to find me. Awesome. Well, yeah, yeah we'll link that up in the show notes. And, um, Thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your insights and your knowledge and your experience from launching as well. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great. Awesome. And uh, thank you for everybody who's listening in and we'll catch up again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.